This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. The geography, Gemara and Genesis, and Hesat, um, these are maps that we're going to use as we learn. We have to start with the chat and the but uh, let's all pass it out now. Let's, um, first let's start with the Gemara before you get to anything uh, to do with what's on, on the piece of paper. Uh, we're up to Rav Nachman Yitzhak We talked about the Svina, the status of earth in a Svina, and something growing in a Svina, and a get written in a Svina. Till now we talked about the rivers of Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara changes. Rav Nachman Yitzhak has a different shot. Rizal says, in the Horus Territ Israel, the Kuliyama Lai Pligi. Rivers in Eretz Israel, they're part of Eretz Israel. What's the difference if it's the water or not the water? The Horus are, are inherently part of Eretz Israel. Elakli Pligi be Yamagadal. The Yamagadal is the Mediterranean Sea, which is the sea that's the western border of Eretz Israel. How do I know the Mediterranean Sea is the western border? How do I know? Because it says in Chumash. That's the answer, right? The Torah says, uh, mm-hmm. It says the Gevul of Eretz Yisrael on the, on the one side is the Yamagad. So we're talking here about the Yamagad. So therefore what? What is Nachem B'Yisrael saying? Now, we're going to touch this, but first, what, what's the sugya? We're talking about a get written in a boat. You can easily forget what the sugya is. The sugya is a get that's written in a boat, and we're going with the mahalach that is a light plug. What is Eretz Yisrael? Is Eretz Yisrael for Trumas for Maestris? Is Eretz Yisrael for Gittin? It doesn't depend, no one's going to say on a boat in the Mediterranean Sea, there are Bekim and Lishmar, there are not Bekim and Lishmar, the whole Shprach doesn't make sense. There's Matsuya and Lakaim and not Matsuya and Lakaim. The only easy way to learn the Sugya, pushed away, glad away, is to say Loiplug. If it's Eretz Yisrael, it's Eretz Yisrael forgetting. If it's not Eretz Yisrael, it's not Eretz Yisrael forgetting. That's where we're going to look. So therefore, we have one shine. Is a boat in the Mediterranean Sea where the get is being written, or with this earth that's growing the Paris, is that Eretz Yisrael or it's not Eretz Yisrael? That's the whole shot. So this Bryce says, Ezel Eretz Vezel Chutzlaretz. How do you determine if it's Eretz Yisrael or not? What's Ture Amnon? Rashi says, Har Har. Now, Har Har, there are two Har Har's in Chomish. One is the mountain on which Aaron Akayin uh, uh, died, where it was Nifter, and that has zero to do with the Sugya. The Chumash mentions a separate Harahar in Parshas Maasei as the northern boundary of Eretz Yisrael. There's a Harahar, Turei Amnon, is the Targum of Harahar, which is on the Mediterranean Sea, very high north. Very high, high up north, pierced any place that Yidden were ever Kaibish, as far as I know. And, uh, and there is the northern tip 
of Eretz Yisrael. We have, I mentioned in the past, there are two Eretz Yisraels. There's the Etzim Eretz Yisrael, and then there's the Eretz Yisrael that they were Kaivish. The Torah has boundaries that go up to the Harpras, they go much higher than they were ever Kaivish. And Turei Amna in Har Har is the northern tip. And the southern tip, uh, what about the islands in the, in the Mediterranean? We take a string, we imagine a string drawn on the map from the mountain of Turei Ad Nachal Mitzrayim until the southern boundary, which is Nachal Mitzrayim. So you make a line on that boundary, Menachot Lefnim Eretz Yisrael. Anything from that string inside, meaning towards the east, is Eretz Yisrael. Menachot Lechutz Chutz Laaretz. The Tanakama holds that that's how you determine which part of the ocean, which part of the sea is Eretz Yisrael. So it comes out. And this is the way we pass, like I believe, like the Tanakhama. Remember, I pass this this way. So again, I'm not being exact, but if this is the boundary of Eretz Yisrael, eventually it turns up into Europe. So this, this is Haifa and Tel Aviv, right? The opposite parts of the port cities. And then you have, over here, you have the Kinneret, and the Yardim, and the Avamelech, and whatever else follows in the Amamelech. And this is pretty much Eretz Yisrael. So our Eretz Yisrael ends here. This probably is Lebanon. This looks like this. And I have to make the canary a little lower. But uh, this is Lebanon, and this is probably Syria. It's up here. And then here's Turkey. Okay, this is Syria. We'll go to Syria later. And this is Lebanon. And this is Eretz Yisrael. So Harahar is somewhere over here. It's a, it juts out. It's a mountain that juts out in the northern boundary of Eretz Yisrael. Now, where, where is Nachal Mitzrayim? So I, I think I mentioned in the past. There are two sheetas in Nachal Mitzrayim. Anybody remember? Nachal Mitzrayim, in Rav Chaim's map, he has Vadi Alarish. He has a... Uh, some waters, uh, a bunch of waters that go through the Negev Desert, something like this. And Rashi Shita is the Nilus, the Nile River. The Nile River, of course, is in Egypt. It's down here. And the Nile, let's say, it hits, uh, it hits the Mediterranean here. So you draw a line from here to here. Or it's by the Elorish, you draw it from here to here. You draw a line... Now, this line is not real. It's an imagined line in the middle of the ocean. This is the Abhagada. Right? This is the Am. So any boat inside this line, okay, this is the, the, the dotted line, right? This is, the other lines are, are real lines. They're boundaries of, of Earth. And this dotted line is, uh, is the Am. So anything this way, a boat here is in Eretz Yisrael. A boat outside is Chutz Laaretz. I don't that, know that Harar is, is next to Syria, not Boer. So there's a Turiyamna that's been identified. Whether it's accurate or not, nobody can say for certain. It is a, a double mountain, and it's generally accepted that that's the Harar. Nobody could, I can't prove it to you. 
Except that that seems to be accepted. If it's lower, it's lower. You draw the line. So the then they get to today's discussion. The Syrians are we're living in Eretz Israel all these years. Uh, this well certainly look Tyre and Lebanon. You see, this is not even accurate. Syria, Lebanon, and Syria's border are almost the same. So Lebanon is something like this, and this is Syria, and uh, and Tyre and Sidon, which is Sur and Sidon, are here. And they're definitely part of the biblical Eretz Israel. Syria, we're going to talk about in the next Sugya, next Sugya, the Gemara Syria. And we'll talk about its status. But uh, these two, this is Sur and Sidon, which I don't have to map, was certainly part of Yachosay at Sidon. It says by, by uh, Zvulun that its boundary goes until Sidon. So, however, that works, not for today, but this is roughly. The boundary was again is that this piece of the yam is what the Tanakhama holds is Eretz Yisrael. A boat going here is not part of Eretz Yisrael. As soon as the boat crosses this imaginary line, it becomes part of Eretz Yisrael. How do we know that in the middle of going on the boat? So what? Yeah, we have this imaginary line. How do we know that? While you're in the boat, how do you know? So that's not a halachic issue. No, that's not a shailah halachic. It's, it's a practical shailah. So you're right, you need... Uh, I don't know, anybody going in a boat knows where he's going. You put a person in a boat in the middle of the ocean, uh, it must be, there must be people who know how to uh, figure out where they are. But I'm saying there's no enough camino that I have to say, I have to cross that. So it's You just have to remember, they didn't write getting in boats all the time. You know what I mean? If it happened, they would have to figure it out. So you're right, if they're misupic, they're misupic. It'll be a suffix or a bottom, right? Same for the as we have to know the halach, and then the question is how they figured it out. This is Pshat in the Gemara. Agav, the sheet of Rashi, which is Rashi in Parshish Maasei and in Yeshua, is that the Nilus is the is the um, is the is Mitzrayim, which is mentioned here, the Nachal Mitzrayim, which is the southern border. And everyone who learns it, it's just a Dava Pella. How could the Nilus be the southern border? That's the Nile. The Nile was where Paroi was. That's part of Mitzrayim. It's like a Dava Pella. When you learn the Rashi uh, in Parshish Maasei and in Yeshua, it's really a, it's a Dava Pella. I saw here, Reb Chaim Knievsky, that Reb Chaim's writings have so much in them. It's incredible. It's in one of Sharetzion's. He talks about it. He talks about Rashi Shita. And he writes, Rashi Yeshua, that if you'd gimel, a parak you'd gimel, pasig gimel, says it's the Yama Gadol, Chem Targumen, it's a precious Masay. So he explains He says, according to what I saw in the maps, Hanilos Nimshach Lamaila Venoifal Yama Gadol. If you take your map of Eretz Yisrael, it has in Egypt, you see Cairo. It has the Nilus, that dotted line, the Nilus splits. It's called the Nile Delta. It's a triangular area that's surrounded by the Nilus and the sea. On the right side, the Nilus goes up. Where the Nilus exits into the Mediterranean Sea, he says that's what Rashi meant. If you go across from there, you almost hit the Yamamelach. It's not, it's not such a great Chiddush. If that's the northern boundary of Eretz Yisrael, it's not as much of a chiddush as you might, you might think. Rechaim brings in this long footnote 
the Sefer Mishnah Siyasif that says Cairo is part of Eretz Yisrael. Imagine that. He says Nanilus. According to Rashi, Cairo is part of Eretz Yisrael. So Chaim says that's ridiculous. Cairo is part of Eretz Yisrael. Well, it's on the it's on the eastern side of the Nilos. So it's connected the basically from the Nilos. So, so what, well, what he said, this is all the Nilos. I want to tell you, the Nile River, just Yediyah Ba'alma, the Nile River, it's the longest river, I think, in the world. The Nile, Africa, is mostly desert. It's mostly desert. Things don't grow in Africa. There's a reason that all the African countries are poor countries. There, it's mostly desert, and, and the rivers that go, all, all uh, agriculture and anything that happens, happens around the river. In, there's a country called Angola in Central Africa, and it's got a gigantic lake. I think it's called Lake Victoria. It's <coughs> on the boundary of Angola. It's a very big lake, and all the mountains uh, in Central Africa surround it. It's, it's the valley. What happens, those, those mountains uh, become full of snow in the winter. And in the spring, they melt. They melt, and Lake Victoria fills up. Now, it has mountains all around of it, except northwest. That's where the Nile River. The Nile River is fed by all the melting rains of Lake Victoria. And every springtime, the waters fill up the Nile, and the Nile flows, I guess as long as it flows through Africa all the way up to Egypt, and it empties out into the Mediterranean Sea. Now what happens is the Nile River overflows. If there's a sudden heat, it doesn't overflow like you imagine. It could overflow as much as a, a mile in each direction. It overflows, not like you, you, know, you have the Hudson River that we all see, the Hudson River would overflow by a mile, the whole, uh, you know, then Manhattan would get, you know, that's what the climate people are hoping for, you know, that these things should all uh, overflow. But they really do overflow. And, and that's why they believed that Nilus was a god. It got angry one year, and it, and it overflowed, and, and Paroi was able to see when it would come. They just likely had, had uh, lookouts further down saying when it's coming. You can, you can see when it's coming today. Today they know when the, the overflow is coming. And Mamele uh, can sort of predict when it would happen. That's the Nile. The Nile empties out into the Mediterranean. That, that triangle is called the Nile Delta, which is the only uh, large area, fertile area in Egypt. Egypt is also a very poor country. It's got, I think, like 80 million people. And there's not enough food to feed them. And, and it empties out into the Mediterranean Sea. Now, Reb Chaim in this footnote is saying that when Rashi says Hanilus, he doesn't mean the Nilus, the whole Nilus. He means where the Nilus enters, exits into the Mediterranean, that's what Rashi is referring to. He says, Risi Bamapa, Nilus Nimshach Lamailov and Neifaliam Hagado, Chikosa Barabam Bibreshis, Shanilus Hailach, and they call us Mitzrayim, and Neifaliam Hagado, but it's not Yushal Mitzrayim. The place where he calls it Tchilas, and it's really the end of the, but it means we're the first place at the Yamagadl. In Cain, in Afkamina, Kokach, by Pirish Rashi, and Pirish Rasadiagain. Sadiagain says it's the Vadi Alarish, which you have in the, in the other maps I gave out last time. So there's not a gigantic difference, he says, between the two.
So that's a little bit of information about the southern boundary of Eretz Yisrael. Yeah? And this is only the water? What? The difference between them is the water? What part of the water is considered Eretz Yisrael? The difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda? No. Rashi and Rasad, you going? The difference is what's the northern boundary? Is the northern boundary the Nilus? That's what Rashi says. And the Radak rather says it also. And Rasad Yagain says, what? It's not the Nilus, it's the it's Vadi Alarish. You see, he doesn't call it Vadi Alarish, he calls it the uh, Naharais in the Negev. You can't go to the Nilus, it makes no sense in Nilus. Rachaim is coming to answer it. It's just a one little footnote. He answers what uh, so many people have difficulties with with Rashi. And he has, he has a little footnote. He, he cites others who, who struggled with it. And, uh, and that's what he says. So, so he says from Mahdi Shalom. What? From Mahdi Shalom in the Bible. Yeah, he says it's not a big Nafgamina. Where Vadi Alarish is dotted line there in the old maps that I gave out. Where it hits the arm and where the Mediterranean, the Nilus hits, it's not so far one from the other. And that's a line. And he goes on to explain. It's, it's a long shed, Sharat and This is all in one halach, in Perakavil, Chastrumis, Halacha Zayin. And it's uh, Sharat Sion, he calls it Sion Halacha, Kuf Samach. He has, uh, he has something of an Arichas Amnon, Gvul Doraymi Shoetz Shol, Ein Hoylech Bekava Yoshar. It's not a straight line. Mamish, Menachem Mitzrayim, Liyam Melach. And he goes on to explain it. It says, Napasav Benasav HaKvul. Anyway, it's the idea of what's going on. Now, again, I don't want to get sidetracked to geography. Let's go back to Pshat and the Gemara. Okay, what is the Gemara saying? The Tanakama holds, and we'll get to review that in a minute. Tanakama is saying, a teretz. One is the case of the Svina. Bang, we have a teretz. We're not talking about a Svina in a river. We're talking about a Svina in the ocean. And Shalom Yisrael. now you know, Where's the boat? If the boat is inside that, uh, that, that line, then you, you don't need a Farei Nechtav. If it's outside the line, you do need a Farei So Shalma Yisrael, there's come out no Mepharshim on this Gemara. I mean, they, they talk about Tesis or Yehuda, but Pshat, nobody has any problem with this Gemara. So every time I learn this Gemara, I can't understand why no one has any problem. The Gemara makes no sense to me. Isn't there an obvious question? What are we saying? That when it says Svina, Kesheshes, Enegesheshes, whatever the case of Svina is, is in Eretz Yisrael, it's in that line. I don't get it. On the land, where's Eretz Yisrael? Akko to the north, and Ashkelon to the south. I just don't get it. Uh, what's Pashashat in this Gemara? You have in the, uh, in the land, the boundary is Ashkelon and, and Akko. And in the water, it's Har Har and the Nilos. Ashkelon is opposite the Amamelech. And Akko is opposite the, the Kinneret. So, so basically, what we're saying is, on the land, this is the northern boundary and this is the southern boundary. On the land. And in the Yam, it goes from here to here. What's, what's the cycle to this? Let's push the Gemara. What about the boundaries of Bafani Nechtav? From Akot to Tashkalon. That's what it said in the Mishnah. All right, maybe Xiv, a little higher. But those are the boundaries. 
So what's this Pashup shot in the Gemara? That in the Yam, no, it's from it's from Har Har all the way down to the Nilos of Tavani Alarish. What's that? I'm just asking, how do you learn the Gemara? Could we say it's either Baba the Rabbi Maybe maybe could say that. So let's review. Shita was was as totally another Baba. The Rambam Shita was as totally another Mitzrayim. Either way, it's an Akai to Ta'ashkala. Now, Taisis holds it's totally above. Zichashver. Taisis holds Nanish from here to here. That's only above. And, okay, with Suha or more, Zichashver. The Rambam said, Amishta Zayla Mitzrayim. So he said, what? This is the whole other Mitzrayim? So he said, no, this is a box. It goes high and it goes lower. So it does go much higher, but it's a little better. It's not a gun better. Where does it go higher? Where does it go wherever they were kaivish? Wherever the Oilei Mitzrayim were kaivish. They were kaivish to Yam? What does it mean? Why not? How are you kaivish? The Mishnah says that below this, they weren't kaivish the whole list of Eretz Yisrael. Right? Below this, either they weren't kaivish, so they bought them. If it's Eilam Mitzrayim, you have to say, this is a box. Below this, some they were Kaibish and some they weren't. How are you Kaibish Yam? What does it mean, you Kaibish Yam? You Kaibish Yam? And you expanding the rule. What are you doing in the Yam? Like, how do you, how are you Kaibish Yam? What does it mean to Kaibish Yam? Rabbi Nachas Eloshin, the Yam is a tuffle to the land next to it. So I understand. If the land next to it is Eretz Yisrael, it's a tuffle to the land next to it. The question is, B'fanei Nechtam, B'fanei Nechtam has boundaries. On land, the Mishnah says the boundaries are Akko and Ashkelon. Those are the boundaries of B'fanei Nechtam. This Gemara, Ramachim Bar Yitzchak, even though the whole Gemara doesn't talk about it, he's coming to answer, where do you need B'fanei Nechtam, B'fanei Nechtam? And he's saying, you know where? Inside this line from Har Har down to Nacham Mitzrayim. That whole water needs needs uh, uh, needs it doesn't need b'farei nechtav. That's Eretz Yisrael. You don't need b'farei nechtav. I don't get it. The land is limited to Akot That does not need. If you write it on the land from Akot you don't need b'farei nechtav. If you write it north of Akko and south of Ashkelon, either. Everything needs or some, or it's divided, some do, some don't. So why should the Yam be totally Eretz Yisrael for B'farei Nechtam, B'farei Nechtam, more than the landed borders on the Mediterranean coast? Why? There's no, there's no Havana to it. And there's got to be a simple terrace because nobody has the cash in. I didn't find a single first that I recall. Call or my notes recall that is the question. Ashkelon South, there's this little bit of that goes down to Ashkelon South. And from north to Akko, there's a that goes up. So there are Ritsuas. So what do Ritsuas mean? It means there are pieces of land that are Eretz Yisrael and pieces that are Chutz. So why is, why is the whole Yam Eretz Yisrael if the land against it has some pieces that are pieces on that? And Turiyamna, for sure, they never. Turiyamna, I think, is on the on the Turkey on the border of Turkey. It, they never were Kaivish Zurinsi. They never went up that high. Not Dalimitzrayim. It's, it's so a double pillar. Are we just talking about the meaning? It's not saying like halacha, what the halachas is. 
We're just saying when the line goes all the way up, so you draw a line like this. So therefore, now we would only go from Akko, draw a line from Akko. So we would draw a line from Akko to Ashkelon. Yes. We do the same thing. So it's not mamish this, just this is the method. The method is to draw a line. It is the the machlekes is a machlekes that depends on what it says in the parsha, but it's not talking about. It's interesting, but it doesn't fit into the Rambam. The Rambam, I told you before, in Hilchas Gitli says to look here, Hilchas Trumas, and here he says to Riyavnan. It's even worse because in Hilchas Gitli, he says look, look at Hilchas Trumas, but he, for some reason in Hilchas Gitli. He says the em in this line are included, and everything else look in look in Ilchis Trumas. I, I don't know why he mentions the em there, but he like goes out of his way, not the way you're saying that. So, so it's not it's not satisfying. It's, the Rambam's lashon is and then at the end of Alacha when he says about the boat, you say that the land is Akhadashkon, that's based on Shrikhi and Gemiri, and then the Yam, we were comparing everything to Hilchas Trumas, not based on Shrikhi and Gemiri. So the, the border is going to have to do with Hilchas Trumas. It may be, but the Rambam, you can't say that, because the Rambam holds. Also, uh, uh, we, we, the Rambam seems to hold of a light plug, right? The Rambam, Rambam said, Eretz is different, but the Rambam did. Ram seems to have a little like plug. Practically, you can't even redraw it, though. What? Practically, you can't redraw it. You took a line from Akko to the southern, the southern border. You can't even draw it. Something more that's even... So you're assuming that I was precise in my oh. drawing. You mean Rechaim's drawing. Well, this drawing... I mean, there's not really much to draw, because... Basically, cutting out all Yam and... Yeah, you're right. You're right. Nothing Nothing now. The line would likely go over the over the ground rather than. Okay. Now I'm going to leave this. I think I think I have a mahalach in how to explain the sugya. I want to leave it because I want to get to my second geography topic of the day. And the aside I want to answer it goes back to the lumdis of Surya, so we're going to get back to it. But it's a double pel in the gemara, and like I said, there's got to be a, a glot to terrence, and I think I think we have a mahalach. But let's, for today, let's learn the next man, the Yomar and the Gemara. Why does the boundary of the, Yama, uh, of the West? Yam is West. So this is Chumash. Chumash says, your Western boundary is Yam HaGadol. And that's your Gvul Yam. If you touch Yam, means ocean. It's impossible to touch the Pasuk. Gvul Yam means the, the Western boundary. Yam means both west and sea, because the sea is to the west, right? Like Mizrach is the Zerach, is from the way the sun, the sun rises, it's called Mizrach. So Yam is Gvul Yam, the, the western boundary, the Yam is your western boundary. And any islands, right? The Kapluria, which is another name for Horahora, she says. which is the Okeanus actually means the Atlantic Ocean. Ukianus, Ukian means Ukianus is the ocean. Uminachem Israel, Vadyama Kinaius, Ukianus. Oh, what's going on here? 
מקפוריה עד ים אוקיינוס, ומנחם מצרים עד ים אוקיינוס. מה זה רבי יהודה הולד? זה לא משהו טוטלי אחר. רבי יהודה הולד, לא, לא תראו את הדעת הזאת ככה. איך תראו את הדעת הזאת ככה? אתה anything opposite Eretz Yisrael is Eretz Yisrael. From where? From Kapluria. Rashi says Kapluria is the city at Harahar. Here I yeshev as Pachudish al Harahar. Ad Yamukiyanus. Yamukiyanus is the Atlantic Ocean. The Mediterranean Sea is like a finger of the Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea flow one into the other. And then you go to the south, you draw a line till there. What does Nakam Mitzrayim here mean? The point in Eretz Yisrael which has the same latitude as Nakam Mitzrayim? That's right, this is all latitude. It appears to be latitude lines. That's Rabbi Yehuda Shita. Now, Rabbanan Hayogvom Ayavdi Lein Bay Leila Nisim. They say no. They go with the other line, and the extra word Ugevol is telling you the, ba- the islands. Rabbi Yehuda Nisim Leitz Yuchikra. It says islands are Pasha. Now, Rabbi Yehuda Shita is a very broad Shita of Eretz Yisrael. He says Eretz Yisrael includes pretty much the whole Yama Gadol without boundaries, going. All the way, Rashi says, at Saifa Island, Rashi's Lashon. When he's saying you make these data dashed lines out, you go all the way as far as you can go, and that's all part of the Yam of Eretz Yisrael. So it is Rashi Shita. Taisvis, very famous Taisvis, Rabbi Huda Himer, Koshek the Eretz Yisrael, Shal Rabbeinu Peter, Peter, it sounds like, Shal Rabbeinu Peter, or Peter, Rabbeinu Tam, he asked him a question. Where did Rabbeinu Tam live? France. He lived in France. So Rabbeinu Tam lived in France. So, so one of his Talmidim asked him, France should be chayav in Shumas and Maisris. Why? Look, in, fr- in, fr- minute, in France, you dive in Mizrach when you dive in Territ Yisrael. So obviously, we're Marav of Eretz Yisrael. So listen, Rabbi Benu Tami answer, Hey, Shiv, like Kaimelach Rabbi Yehuda. He said, we don't pass it Rabbi Yehuda. We pass it in the other line. Avokosha? Here, Rabbi Yehuda, here, Makir, B'chol Eretz Yisrael, Shadok Yana, Shekulam, Ayu, B'kiyin, L'Shema, Emsel, Kaimel, Shetzorach, Leim, Fani, Nechtam. You think all the way, including France, is all part of Eretz Yisrael? Chen Yishleimer, like Koshua, Lebov. What's he saying? Pelotikataisis. Rabbi Yehuda holds, France really should be part of Eretz Yisrael. But Doyle Bavel never captured it. Some of the Israel never captured France either, right? Who wants France? So, 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 Pelotikataisis, 
Taisa says France is really part of Eretz Yisrael, like like we. But we bavel the Elam Yisrael when never kaidish. It's a Taisa. You can't change that Taisa. What's the Taisa say? So that's why I want to share with you a idea today, which uh, not well known. Turn the maps over to the European, the African side. And there's something I want to explain to you, uh, which is not well known. First of all, the map is the map. I'm sorry it came out dark in the machine. But uh, Eretz Yisrael is a tiny, tiny country. The whole world is busy with this little piece of land that Jews have. The Arabs have all these gigantic countries. And we have this little piece of land called Eretz Yisrael. At any rate, look at the map of Eretz Yisrael. Imagine Turei Let's say it's the boundary of Syria and Turkey. Let's say it's somewhere around there. And let's take the uh, Nilos, Yam, Nachum, Mitzrayim, lower, as low as you want. Make straight lines. What's counted, what, what's covered in the same Rabbi Huda line? Rabbi Huda's line goes straight. So what would be included in Israel, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, parts of Spain? But not France. France is all the way up. Spain comes down. When Spain touches Africa, that's called the Rock of Gibraltar. It's a famous uh, a mountain. We're in, in the north of Spain. Portugal is actually there. It doesn't show it. But Chaim Kinieski writes, there's a bracha, when, I, when I'm in Eretz Yisrael, if I happen to go to the Mediterranean, I make the bracha, but without shame of malchus. There's machalik shrishayinim, if the bracha said on the Atlantic or on the Mediterranean. So Chaim writes, the only place you can make it is at the Rock of Gibraltar, if you want to be in Morocco. There you can see the Mediterranean on one side. If you're in Atlantic, on the other side, you can make the bracha. But that's weird. It's a narrow strait where the Mediterranean empties into the Atlantic Ocean. So... Rabbi Yehuda Shita is Rabbi Yehuda Shita. Straight lines. Taisis is a Pella. Taisis is a Pella. France? Well, what's, what's Rabbeinu Peter asking the Rabbeinu Tam? France is part of Israel, Rabbi Yehuda. Not part of Israel, Rabbi Yehuda. It's a Pella. Maybe, maybe a thousand years ago, France was lower there. France? Maybe it was lower. Well, Spain existed at least since the time of Sefer Avadia. Sefer Avadia, it says... Someone who went to Gauls to France and someone who went to Gauls to Spain. He talks about Anche Yerushalayim. We learned just later about you last week, the last Pesukim. It mentions that, uh, that, um, that it mentions uh, Tsarfas and Sfarad, it mentions both. And they existed at least from the time of Khurban Bayez Rishon. Maybe, maybe France was further down, maybe the border. Ben Otam didn't live in Spain, sorry. As far as I may think so, but. Uh, <laughs> Benetam lived in the France that we call France, Ashkenazim. And in Spain, with the Sephardim. Since Eretz Yisrael is sort of untangled, could it be that it's the cosmos? What's up? The two lines which are parallel with each other. Yeah. Eretz Yisrael is not straight, it's sort of angled. So the lines be going like that. But it's supposed to be due west. Isn't that what it means? Liam. We're learning how to pass it Gavuliam. The boundary goes to the west. That's his dashing the pass it Gavuliam. It's going to be the way so I want to teach you something today that 
people don't know, and it's a very basic fact of, of geography, and not well known, it should be better known, and at least I figure if you came already on Monday Hanukkah, where everybody else is recovering from the exhaustion of this man, and you're here today, so you might as well learn something you'll enjoy. Okay. This traces its way back. The Levush writes that people in France, the davening Mizrach to east, they're making a mistake. Why are you davening towards Eretz Yisrael to east? It's not east. They should be davening southeast. Take a look at the map. From France to Eretz Yisrael, they're making a mistake. The Levush, the Simon Tzadik Dalit, and this parish of Shulchan Arasev Gimel. Da kol arotzis ha'elu ashanum ufuzarim behem kulam heim negem arovis tzvangish ha'asar. They're all northwest. According to that, New York also, we shouldn't be davening due east. We should davening slightly south. Southeast. So the Levush, who uh, was not afraid to say everyone's doing things wrong, and uh, he says he's marich a little bit on this, on this uh, topic, and he seems to be right. But he's wrong. Physical facts, he's wrong. There's a sefer, Amunas Chachamim, it was written a long time ago, and there he writes about the Lavush. Uh, he says it's true, the south, the northwest of Eretz Yisrael. But he writes... If you're in France, you want to daven to Eretz Yisrael, you have to daven northeast. That doesn't seem to make sense to us. Northeast from France? You're davening to, you're davening to Russia. Hatam, means you shouldn't go by lines of latitude. Says only people make mistake about this. People don't understand. It basically means the calculations, three-dimensional calculations. And the reason is this: the Earth is not flat. Earth is a globe. I think you all were on planes and flew to Eretz Yisrael and you saw the map of the flight. The flight, they seem to be wasting a lot of fuel. They're not going in a straight line. They're going in a curved line to go to Eretz Yisrael. Why are they wasting that money? I've heard people tell me all kinds of theories on the plane, why they go that way. People told me that uh, they want to get the, uh, the wind gusts and it's better for them or... One person told me they want to be near land in case they crash. They should better to crash in the land than in the ocean or all kinds of theories. Not endless. If you take a globe, and I should have put a globe here today, and you stick a pin into Yerushalayim and a pin into New York, then you take a thread and you put the thread on one pin to the other and you pull it the shortest trip you can do it can be exactly the way it is on the plane. Exactly that way. That's the shortest trip. There's a concept called the Great Circle. In, uh, if anybody wants to check it, I know what I'm talking about. Just Google the Great Circle. It's a basic idea, and it goes back. It's not 
modern science. It goes back to the time of Chazal. In a three-dimensional globe, when you look straight east, and you're in the, the northern part of the world, if you look straight east, you're actually looking southeast. I'll explain why. I always struggle to find a way to explain it logically to people, but this is the way I would explain Let's say you're standing on the North Pole. I'm just on the North Pole. You can't face north anymore. You're on top of the world. You can only face south, right? See, on the North Pole. Now, you really can't look east or west. You're on top of the world. There's nothing. It's just the one tip of the world. Okay. So now, you go 10 feet south of the North Pole. Okay, you're walking. Imagine you're on the North Pole, nice and cold. And you walk, you're 10 feet down. You're 10 feet down from the North Pole. You're on the top of a globe. You face straight east. Now, there's a line of latitude around the North Pole. Let's say it's 10 feet east, it's a circle. Picture for a minute, if you're on top of a ball, 10 feet away, and you face straight to the right, straight east. How is that going to match the line of latitude? You're going to be southeast. You're going to be looking southeast. I'll give you an example. Let's say Josh's normal seat, right here. Let's say he's the North Pole, in top of the world. And I'm 10 feet away. How would the circle of latitude look? It would be going around him, 10 feet away from him, this way, that way, the other way. It would be 10 feet in all directions. Here I am standing 10 feet away from his seat. The line of latitude is a circle. If I look straight east, the line is going to pull away from me very quickly. Because the line of latitude has to do with the thickness of the ball. This ball, the widest part is the equator. It's a circle that goes around. Halfway between the equator, the circle, the line of latitude, has the same distance to the North Pole. That's how the line of latitude is drawn. It's a circle that goes around. That circle, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, in the top half of the world, Every time you're on that circle and you look straight east, that circle is going to pull away from you because it has to make the circle around the globe. And when you look straight east, you're looking at a place that's getting wider and wider. If I'm 10 feet away and I turn this way, the 10-foot line is going to go around this spot. This is the North Pole. The 10-foot line is 10 feet that way, 10 feet that way, 10 feet in all directions. If I'm standing here and I look straight east, that line is going to pull away from me very, very quickly. I'm very much southeast on the globe. Now, obviously, 10 feet from the North Pole is easy to see. If we could go there and try it, everyone would see it with their eyes because you have your line of latitude 10 feet away. And when you turn, immediately, you're not in line with that line. That line is the North Pole. That line is going this way. It's going around. And I'm facing this way. I'm not facing the line of latitude. Now, if I make it flat, I am. But when it's three-dimensional, it's not that way. Anywhere, in the equator, if you look straight east, you're straight east. Because the equator, everything's even. Anywhere in the top half of the world, when you look east, you're looking southeast. That's, that's just the way it is. The concept of the great circle, I'll tell it to you, you'll really have to think about it in order to, to swallow it, the concept of the Great Circle is that the shortest point 
between two places on any ball. The ball could be in any shape, as long as it's round. It doesn't have to be perfectly round. The shortest place between two spots is a line that will cut the ball in half. It's the way it works out. It just always works out. The shortest line is a line between Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael. That circle, if you take a globe, and you take a magic marker, you make the circle, you take a saw and you cut it, you get exact two even halves of the globe. It's called the great circle. Great circle means the biggest possible circle between two points. The shortest way is the shorter one of those two trips, and the longest way, if you're a federal employee, you go the other way. You know, you go the longer way, you get paid for your time, so you, you go the other. But the shortest way is, is, is that way from one to the other. It's, it's a physical fact. It goes against your nature because you're used to seeing flat maps. It's not true. You see the map? From Morocco to Egypt is longer than from France to uh, whatever, Bosnia. It's more miles. Here it looks like the same number of miles. It's not because the globe gets smaller. Every line of latitude, the equator is the longest circle around the world. If you go 20 degrees up, the circle is smaller. If you go near the North Pole, it's a tiny circle, the line of latitude. The line of latitude is constantly changing because it's a globe. It gets narrower on top. On top, it's shorter between two points than down there. So if you want to fly from New York to Yerushalayim along the line of latitude, you're flying, against, you're flying on a very wide part of the globe. That's not economical. Better to go up to a place where the globe is, is narrower and make the crossing where it's much narrower to go across and then come back down uh, to Yerushalayim. It's a shortcut. It's a shortcut when you go up. If you have a basketball in your hand, you want to run your finger from one point to the other, the, on the top, it would be shorter. It would be longer, the longest place with the equator. At some point in the middle, you want to run your finger from one point to the other, it'll be shorter to go up, cross where it's shorter, and then come right back down. Just the, that's just the Mitzvah Advarim. Isn't France the a, higher, a higher latitude than, uh, than Israel? So it is. Northwest, northwest. So when you're in France and you want to down towards Eretz Yisrael, it's northwest, and it's, it's, when you're in France, looking at Eretz Yisrael, it's southeast. I, I'm explaining that when you're in a place let's say in France, and you look east, you're actually looking southeast. Now, on this map, which doesn't show the, the, the curvature of the earth, it doesn't look that way. But when you take the curvature and, and you make a line from France to Eretz Yisrael, what, what the Amunas Chama is saying is you actually dive slightly north to be facing Eretz Yisrael because the curvature is so, is so great between France and Eretz Yisrael that, that it's, it's going to change. In the Munas Chacham, he gives an example of Lisbon. Lisbon, Lisbon is in Spain. It's, it's, it's 39 or 40 degrees latitude. Eric Stroll goes to 35. Only five degrees off. And he shows there how you can't, if you dive straight east, you're missing it. It doesn't, uh, you have to dive in a little northeast in order to make it. So it makes sense that the curvature of the earth will make the distance shorter if you go north because it's thinner. Well, why is it, what is it? Through the fact that looking east is looking east, whether or not it's a short distance or not, because the line of vision is the same as the line of travel. When you look from one point to another, 
It's only shorter if the line of travel is also shorter. In other words, just like you see that map where the plane goes, if you had strong enough vision, if you want to look to Yerushalayim, that's the shortest way to look to Yerushalayim. Line of vision and line of travel are the same line. So when you're dominating in France, the trip from France to Eretz Yisrael, whatever is the shortest different, the distance of travel is not because of some trick of uh, conservation of fuel. It's because it is the shortest distance. And Mimela, the, the line of vision will be the same. So from France to go to Eretz Yisrael, if you go from France straight east, you can end up in Egypt. Because, because of the curvature of the line of latitude, if you go straight east, you're going to be quickly off the 39th parallel that it's on and suddenly be, be going down, 38, 37, 36. If you go straight east, you're going to be going down. So the mistake isn't saying looking east is still, you still look east, just that looking east is not the fastest way to look towards our itself. But when the says west, when, when you look west. east, you're truly looking east. You are looking east. But looking east is not east on the map because the world is curved. If you're looking east on the equator, you'll, everything will be straight along the equator line. Anywhere else, the line, the curvature of the earth makes that any line you have is really pulling away from you. If you can picture the 10 feet away marshal, you can picture it properly. If, if this was the North Pole and I took a magic marker to make the 10-foot latitude line, it would be a circle around this spot. You'll understand that? If this is it, that we're on top of a, of a globe, every line of latitude is a circle. So it would be a circle. I would have to draw it in a circle around this room, 10 feet in all directions with the North Pole at the center. You all understand that would be a circle. If I faced east, the circle's going to pull away from me very quickly. Is it because the Earth's on, like a, on, a, on a tilt? Is no, it's nothing to do with the tilt, the tilt it, of the Earth. If the circle, the ring is flat, then you just go around that latitude. Why should, why should you not? Because, because the, it's not because the, the axis of the earth is tilted. It's because all, any sphere is narrower on top in the way the sphere itself is tilted. But the sphere itself. If you're on a point of latitude and you stay on the line in the northern hemisphere, you're constantly traveling northeast as you go around. Because if you don't adjust your travel to make up for the north, you're going to be, you're gonna, if you just look east and you travel that way, I mean, in theory, if you look east and travel that way, you're going to outer space because you're on a ball. You're not something flat. Right? As we travel, when you see a boat go off in the horizon, right? the boat sets sail from the Atlantic. If it goes straight east, it will go into space. Right? You're watching the, the boat, it's going down over the horizon. Why is it going down? Why does it go straight east? Because it's on a sphere, it has to, it has to adjust its trip to, to the fact that it's on a sphere. Right? It, if you're east and you look straight east, you're going to be looking at outer space. You understand that. You watch a boat go, you see the boats at the horizon disappears below the horizon. Because straight east would hit, would hit Mars. Right? You, the, it has to adjust for the fact that it's on a sphere. That adjustment in the northern hemisphere, in our hemisphere, is always an adjustment where it's going towards the north because it's narrower on the north and if you're flying straight east, you're going to be going, going in that direction. And that's where Rabbi Peter was 100% right when he said the lines of Eretz Yisrael hit France because they do in France. If you, if you take, a, if you take, you could try a, 
try to Google a great circle from Eretz Yisrael. You don't have to Google a great circle. All you have to do is a flight path from Jerusalem, to Paris. You know, you just Google a flight path, you'll see. I mean, the plane's going straight, it's just automatically curving. You, when you go on a boat, you're going to be automatically curving. Because going east is on a sphere is always going to bring you, relative to your original position, northeast. Always going to bring you there. What? You mean drilling through the through the ball? Yeah. Okay, we can discuss that. But that's not what he held. They don't hold you drill through. That's for sure. And what I'm telling you now is not controversial. Some people know it. Some people don't know it. It's just a fact. A, a not. It's not a debatable fact of the physical world that it is that way. That's the way, that's the Mitzvah Sadvarim. If I had a globe and I showed you with a thread, it, well, you would see it. So we down pretty much straight east, uh, because even though Eretz uh, is not exactly our line of latitude, so we, we face where the sun comes up anyway. And, uh, no, we should really, people think we should be on the southeast, for the same reason as France, because the United States is New York is higher. That's a mistake. It really, if anything, should be a little more northeast. It's the same mistake as France on the left. You have, you have Brooklyn on the right. It's the same, the same thing. Except Brooklyn is much further, and the adjustment is less. But, uh, but it's the same adjustment. Well, so this is Tysus. Why would it include France? Where are you flying towards the city that you, uh, that you make the line from there? If you fly to America, then France is included. I'm talking about a person in Eretz Israel who wants to make a straight line, not along the line of latitude, but a line of vision. The line of vision would include France. That's what it meant. To where? So the line of vision, if you would make a line of vision... So you have to plot it. You have to, take a, you have to calculate it, and you plot it. There's only one line of vision. Well, well no, because there's two, there's two things that will come out. Either there's basically the entire northern hemisphere of the no, no, only only within the line of vision, straight from Nachum Mitzrayim and straight from Turiyah. Right? I'm saying Rabbi Pia's kasha is a good kasha. He's saying France and part of Spain, and part of Germany, maybe it would be part of be part of Eretz Yisrael. I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying he's, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying he's right. Rabbi Pia knows what he's talking about, and the kasha legitimate kasha. So much of the land would be Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi answer is, you're right, but they were never kaivish it. I'm not changing the Kiddush of Taisus. Taisus is still true. Taisus is saying that would be Eretz Yisrael. France would be part of Eretz Yisrael. They were kaivish it. That's, that's what, Rabbi Notam only answered that we don't pass like Rabbi Yehuda. He's masking according to Rabbi Yehuda. Things would be different. You have a nice in France. The sheet is a pella. Be that as it may, I'm just coming to explain the the map piece of it and it's something you should take the time to try to appreciate and uh, a lot has been written on this on, on this Lavush and the Rosachamim and, and the physical facts alright tomorrow I, I owe you a terrace I'm shot in the Gemara tomorrow we're going to get back to Gittin at least to the Surya part, and we'll do the Surya of Surya at least we'll start it you've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com